Hello, my friends. It is Uncle Mike, and today is June the 30th, and it has been a while. I hope that each of you are doing well. Uh, I've been taking a little bit of a break, I suppose, but I think I'm ready to get back in the saddle again. And so today is going to be a fun one. We are going to do a little bit of synchromistic storytelling via Hollywood through the movies. I haven't done this for a while. So let us hold on to our hats and see if, uh, <laughs> let's see if I can make some sense out of what I'm about to uh, walk you all through. So we're going to be talking about three different movies, or actually, excuse me, five different movies. And we're going to see how there is a, actually two different cohesive storylines which are found in these five movies and how complementary they are. And we'll see, you know, if we can make a little bit of magic, see if we can make a little bit of lemonade, if you will, with, um, the information which we are going to be looking at. Now, this all began uh, spontaneously enough in a conversation I had with Emily on our Playing the Glass Bead Game video series. I'll link that down in the notes below if you want to see how and where this began. But from that conversation with Emily is what we are going to have today. And so we're going to begin by well well let's let's talk about the the five movies that we're going to be looking at we're going to be looking at 12 monkeys the sixth sense looper and then fight club and once upon a time in hollywood and we're going to be following the storyline um of two different uh i mean <laughs> it's just one storyline but we're going to see it played out through two different actors bruce willis and through these three films, and then Brad Pitt through these films. And this is where it all begins in this 12 Monkeys. So uh, we'll first go down this line. Let's begin with um, 12 Monkeys. Um, I'm pretty certain, or, uh, I'm pretty certain, I know, because I saw uh, that there is a TV series which had been based upon um, the movie 12 Monkeys. I'm not familiar with the TV series, or I'm not familiar with it in the fact that I haven't seen it. I just know that it exists. So we're going to be focusing on the, on the movie. And so this movie, if you're not familiar with it, is it came out in 1995, and it, it, it stars Bruce Willis and Madeline Stowe and Brad Pitt. And the, the theme of this movie, um, you know, there are a couple different themes. So, so the idea of the film, if you're not familiar with it, is uh, it starts in the future, and the Bruce Willis character is a prisoner uh, somewhere in the future, and he is sent back in time. He's, sent, he's, he's eventually going to get back to 1996, because at that point there was a virus released on Earth, and it has um, very detrimental impacts in the future. So he's going back in time and he's trying to stop the release of the virus. And, and they believe, um, at least you're told in the beginning of the film, that it is a, um, 
an a, uh, underground group known as the Army of the Twelve Monkeys who are responsible for the releasing of this virus. We find out that that's not the case at all. We find out that it was actually a scientist who, who released the virus. But nonetheless, the, the, the movie is about going back in time and trying to stop the release of this virus. And so what we see in this film is, um, you know, the, there's a theme of virus, which um, obviously makes it um, somewhat relevant to the movie which is being projected on humanity right now. The, the ARG, which is being projected into reality, trying to be created into a, a, real, a real reality, if you will. We're dealing with uh, time travel, but even more so we're dealing with... Um, with time loops. So it's not just time travel, but time loops. We're also, uh, the, the film takes place in both Baltimore and Philadelphia. And so I indicated that the inspiration of this, of what I'm going to be talking about today, came from a show which I do with, with Emily, which we call um, Playing the glass speed game. But then uh, this also bumps up against another show which I do regularly with Ross Ben, which is from the 40th parallel and Ross Ben is in Philadelphia. So so this the the beginning of this film or the or, or even this whole talk which I'm doing today, it also blends over personally, synchronistically, uh, to to other um, other content, other programs which which I've been putting out. Um, and then the last, uh, the last theme which we see in this film is the younger self seeing the older self. And so the, the, what happens in this film? So what happens in this film? Um, you've got the Bruce Willis character who is the, uh, who is sent back in time. He is the main character and, um, and, during his his stay in the past, he spends some time in an insane asylum in a mental hospital, which is where he meets this Brad Pitt character who we're going to be looking at also his storyline. But this is where they connect. They connect right there. And what happens is he goes and he tries to stop the virus and all this sort of stuff and escape. And there's a love interest and that sort of stuff. And um, at the... Uh, towards the conclusion or the, the, the climax of the film is that he is shot. He's going, um, he identifies that the cause of the, the virus is a scientist, not this army of the 12 monkeys. And um, he goes to the airport and he attempts to shoot that, that um, to shoot the scientist, but he gets shot instead. So he dies in the airport. And the reason why that's significant is in the film, in the film, uh, in the film, we see that, um, we see that he, the Bruce Willis character has a recurring dream throughout, you know, the character's life of maybe being shot in in an airport and you're beginning to you recognize um as the events unfold in the climax that this dream that he's having um this premonitional dream which he's having um you know is is playing out that's what happens in this final scene in the airport but then you go and you see that there's this little boy who witnesses this um 
the shooting and that little boy turns out to be the young Bruce Willis. So there's this time loop which is being implied, which is the young Bruce Willis sees the older Bruce Willis being shot in um, in the uh, in the airport and then he'll eventually grow up and somehow become the prisoner and be sent back in time and then he's going to go see his death again and blah 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 so that's that is our um, that is our time loop and this is going to make sense while I'm talking about it um, in a moment so uh, let's let's um, Let's now move on to the next the next film, which we want to talk about in this particular line, this 12 Monkeys, Six Cents, and 2012, or uh, Looper, excuse me. So the Six Cents, probably more people are familiar with the Six Cents, and, and to be quite honest, um, I haven't seen any of these films for a very long time. I, had a, I remember them. I had to read up on them on, on Wikipedia, and I remembered what it was about. I did watch Looper for the first time um, uh, prior to making this video uh, so that, you know, it makes sense. But but a lot of this is going by memory. So, so The Sixth Sense, if you recall, The Sixth Sense was uh, um, a a hugely successful popular film and it also stars Bruce Willis. This is our linkage, our linkage. And so in this film, The Sixth Sense, um, you know, Bruce Willis plays a, a psychiatrist, uh, maybe a psychologist, some sort of therapist who was, uh, who works with young children and, um, he works with this young boy and then the end of the film, like, you know, the big, the big reveal at the end of the sixth sense is the fact that Bruce Willis is actually a ghost and he doesn't realize he is a ghost. And so this film came out in 1999. This film came out, uh, four years after, um, after, uh, um, the 12 monkeys. And so let's go and talk about some of the, the, the characters or some of the themes within the Sixth Sense. You know, one is it takes place in Philadelphia. So it is also the same setting as 12 Monkeys. It's Philadelphia. The Sixth Sense, it is, um, it is, you know, it's making reference to the fact that this young boy, uh, is able to communicate with the dead. Um, so that's the sixth sense. Um, another theme in this film is not knowing who you are, um, or what you are because the Bruce Willis character thinks he's alive. And we find out later in the film that no, in fact, he's actually dead. You know, we can look at this metaphorically. We could look at this metaphysically, you know, you can look at it any way you want, but you know, that's what happens in the film. And then also a big part of, of this, uh, our theme within within this movie, The Sixth Sense, is um, is that it is uh, um, about helping young children, helping a child. You know, he was a he. Uh, the Bruce Willis character was a a child therapist, and you know uh, the the second um, the second leading role in the film was played by the played by a young boy. So let's go a little bit deeper into, um, you know, the 12, the, this transition from the 12 monkeys to the sixth sense. So obviously we, we have Philadelphia. Um, 
there's a connection right there. Well, well, first off, you know, there's the obvious connection with Bruce Willis. And then Philadelphia, so the setting is in the same place. So now let's go look at the names. The names are really interesting. So in the, um, uh, right here, this is, this is the 12 Monkeys. I probably should have done it the other way around. But Bruce Willis, the character in Bruce Willis, uh, Bruce Willis's character in 12 Monkeys was James Cole. And we see that the young boy in, um, in the sixth sense, his name was Cole Sears. So we have this Cole connection. And, you know, that also, if you've been playing along or following along for a while, you know, Cole is part of like another one of the storylines, which I talk about specifically as it relates to anthracite and this huge coal deposit, which is found beneath the cities of, of Scranton and Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. But, you know, and coal is a metaphor, you know, the coal and it turns into a diamond. That's, you know, that's not a, Seemingly, that's not how things work, but nonetheless, it's part of like the 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 story which which we are we're told of 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 how reality, material reality, works. The diamonds, which um, really don't deserve the value, the monetary value, uh, which which our culture gives them, but nonetheless, we're told that this very very valuable crystal is um, is. Uh, is formed from coal. So, you know, we can look at all of these, these different sort of metaphors, if you want, of what coal is. But nonetheless, these characters are both named Cole. Um, and we see also that, um, that the love interest whom we see in, in, um, 12 Monkeys, you know, there's a similarity with the names also, because this was played by Madeline Stowe. And in The Sixth Sense, we have the Bruce Willis character. His name is Malcolm Crow. So it's not exactly the same, but they're, they're more similar than less similar, like Malcolm and Madeline and then Crow and Stowe, and they're spelled the same way. And then just to play, and just to add on to the similarity of names is the love interest in 12 Monkeys, uh, is Dr. Catherine Rayleigh. And the Cole Seer character in, um, in the sixth sense is played by Haley Joel Osment. So we got Rayleigh and Haley. So we've got a lot of this kind of like wordplay. And then we could also look at how, you know, in a very general way, you know, they don't look like identical twins, but in a very general way, there's a physical similarity between the young James Cole from the 12 monkeys who witnesses his own murder. And then we go and we see this uh, uh, Cole Sear, you know, they're similar age, similar coloring, similar hair and that sort of stuff. And so that's definitely an implication uh, if we want to go, you know, when we're looking at this from the synchromistic perspective is that who Bruce Willis is talking to in the sixth sense is he's talking to himself. You know, this is, this is him. This is the same person, James Cole, Cole Sear. It's all the same. So we're, we're beginning to see this, like, you know, this, this, this looping, this looping in the first film and the 12 monkeys is all about the looping of like, you know, growing up and becoming this and then coming, uh, and then, and then repeating the, the process. And so you want to look at that. I don't know, like, you know, within, um, 
within our lives, how we repeat the same sort of cycles or decision makings. We're going to keep on repeating, you know, this whole sort of Groundhog's Day sort of thing. Uh, you could look at it culturally, like how things like keep on repeating. Revolution is just a turning of the wheel, if you will. Um, you know, so there are all sorts of different ways you can look at it, but nonetheless, we can see that it's connected. And we can see now that, you know, in the sixth sense that, that it's, it's, it's as, as, uh, um, the conclusion of the film is when, when Malcolm Crow realizes who he is. He realizes he's dead. He's a ghost. You know, he's just living this zombie-like ex existence, thinking he's real, which also is very complementary to this idea of this loop, this time loop. It's always repeating. There's nothing, you know, maybe the details change, but it's, it keeps on going on. So we've got that right there. Um, obviously, we've got the numbers, too. We, you know, we've got 12, and now we've got 6. So it's, you know, we've got those numbers are, are played upon. Hold on for a moment. <laughs> Excuse me. And so now let's go a little bit deeper. So um, the sixth sense is, you know, prob besides the actual, um, the, the reveal of the film, the fact that, um, the fact that young Cole is able to see dead people and, and communicate with them. The other thing which, you know, tied into it, which is best remembered about the film is the quote. I see dead people. You know, this is from, I don't know, this is from something I just searched. I was looking for a quote of the film. And so, you know, we've got like Cole here saying, I see dead people. And so sure enough, when we go and we look at, um, you know, in the same place where I was looking at best quotes, what are the best quotes from 12 Monkeys? You could go see this, um, that James Cole said almost the exact same line. All I see are dead people further supporting this idea of how this is like, you know, a continuity of stories. You know, we're seeing this James Cole, this Cole Seer um, story being told from, um, told from a, uh, um, from these different perspectives. So we said Philadelphia, we did the names, the dead people quote, the young boy, how they look alike. Oh, they both, both in both of these films, um, in both of these films is uh, the fact that Bruce Willis, the Bruce Willis character, dies with a gunshot. Um, I described the 12 Monkeys gunshot, but it's not necessarily seen in the sixth sense, but it's implied. We learn that, um, that Malcolm Crow, the Bruce Willis character in the sixth sense, he dies because one of his former patients came to his home and he shut and he shoots him. So Bruce Willis then dies again. You know, he dies by gunshot. So we're seeing gunshot wound for a death and now we're seeing gunshot wound um, for a death as well. And so the last thing, this kind of like, you know, this, this is, uh, you know, again, we're, when we are looking at this from a synchromistic perspective, like, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, normal barriers of how things can connect, you know, they go away just as long as there's a meaningful connection. And then, you know, we can, we can build from there. And so we're also dealing with, with the virus. And so how do we deal with the virus in, um, in the, uh, the twelve in the sixth sense. Well, the word sense 
has a lot of different connotations and meanings. So we're going to play along with that, play around with that for a bit. And um, we can see that a vital role in the technology, you know, this is real world, you know, real movie, real ARG, you know, I say that a little bit being uh, a little silly when I say real, but what we know of the, uh, the, the, the contemporary modern mRNA vaccine is that it, its technological breakthrough came from um, an understanding of uh, antisense therapeutics. And so an antisense ties directly into, um, you know, the whole mRNA and RNA uh, a nomenclature, you know, this is way above my pay grade in terms of like, I can't really speak intelligently in terms of, you know, cellular functions, but I do know that <laughs> that's anti-sense or, you know, you could say another way, nonsense, uh, is a big part of, of, of the virus storyline, which is taking place in our, in our material reality. And what we're doing is, you know, we, we kind of grounded our 12 monkeys. The reason why it's significant is because it is a virus film. So we see that virus is implied in a, in a, um, in a, in a roundabout way, if you will, within the sixth sense. So now we're going to move on to the third, the third film in this lineage or this line, and that is Looper, which came out 13 years following um, The Sixth Sense. And let's go and look at, uh, we'll do uh, The Sixth Sense to Looper. So, okay, so let's talk about Looper for a second. Do I have any uh, slide on Looper? Yeah, I do. So Looper came out in 2012. So what's Looper about? Looper stars Bruce Willis, and it takes place uh, further in, in, in the future. I want to say like 19 or 2045 or something like that. And um, the Bruce Willis character, um, he is, a, he's a, he's a, um, he's a hitman in the future and how, how the, this particular style of hit works in the future is they send people back in time uh, and the younger version of the hitman then kills the whoever the target is once they they pass through the the time travel mechanism and so what the what this movie deals with are the two versions of Bruce Willis. We have an older version of Bruce Willis, and he's just known purely as Joe, or old Joe, and then the younger version, which is played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and he's he's the young Joe. And so this is very similar. You know, we're seeing the same sort of, um, the same looping, as uh, we do within within the twelve monkeys, it's a little bit different um, in terms of the ages and like the the specific details of the of the movie plot. But nonetheless, you were dealing with Bruce Willis going back in time, meeting himself, you know, and that sort of stuff. So I'm going to get a little bit uh, more into the Looper plot in once I go down the Brad Pitt line, but. Um, what I do want to say is 
the the theme within Looper is the character of Joe is very very self-absorbed. He's very you know all he cares about is himself and making certain that you know he's taken care of and he gets his own. Um, and the reason why is he had a very neglected childhood, and you know that's a that's a um, a predictable sort of personality uh, um, profile is that you know when 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 you've had a very very neglected childhood, you develop the skill sets to become very self-absorbed because no one else was really looking out for you. So that was this character, Joe. And then he goes and he experiences or witnesses unconditional love. And by seeing that, he decides to self-sacrifice. He shoots himself. So now we've got another shooting. We've got young Joe shooting himself to change the timeline. Or more accurately, he closes the loop. This this reoccurring time loop, which would have been happening in in the film Looper, he shoot uh, the young Joe shoots himself to collapse the loop, and the reason why he did that was because he moved out of his selfish sort of perspective and in and became much more concerned about other people, and in doing so, and what the film is all about, uh, if you're familiar with it, is he potentially changes the the timeline or the lifeline whatever you want to call it of another character who we simply know as the rainmaker and the rainmaker turns out to be this real um uh, uh powerful organized crime uh character in the future and um you know we're going to get into that a little bit a little bit later, but we see him as a young child, the young version of the Bruce Willis character, Joe, the one played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, is um, touched by seeing the young Rainmaker, and this is why he sacrifices himself, so that uh, potentially the Rainmaker does not turn out to be whom the Rainmaker seemingly turns out to be. So let's go and look at, uh, so, all right, so here's the slide with the, with the looper um, theme. So it takes place in Kansas. This does not take place in Philadelphia, but Kansas is going to make sense in a little bit. We're dealing with time travel, time loops. We're dealing with a Bruce Willis character going to meeting a younger self. We're also seeing about helping a young boy, and we also, it deals with the sixth sense. So what's the sixth sense? Um... Uh, I'll get to that in a moment. So the, let's hit the um, the number countdown. So we had 12 monkeys. We've got six, the sixth sense. Now we got uh, zero. You know, loop as a number could be applied in, or uh, implied two different numbers, either the number eight or the number zero. I'm just going to go with the zero right here. It seems to, you know, be this countdown, if you will, in, in, in six by sixes. So then uh, the, the sixth sense, you know, I talked about sixth sense referring a little bit or implying, you know, or having some connection to, to vaccine technology. Uh, now we're going to go and look at sixth sense in its, uh, in its surface level meaning. And that is, you know, having a sixth sense. And like, you know, we talked about the 
the the Haley Joel Osment character's sixth sense was that he could talk to dead people. But within the film uh, Looper, or part of the plot, was that um, some of the characters, and particularly this Rainmaker character more than anyone else, um, had uh, um, a very strong telekinetic ability. They just called them TKs in the film, and telekinetic is being able to move things with your mind. You know, telekinesis is another one of these six sets. And what's interesting is it really did not, it was not a requirement for the film, I suppose. Like, all of Looper could have been a fine, a fine film, you know. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not like critiquing these in terms of storytelling. I'm just going, I'm pulling out like, like, you know, underlying themes, uh, which, which connect through characters and the stories but you know the looper film would have made sense even without this this tk this telekinetic ability but nonetheless it was in there so we have another connection we have another connection within uh with the sixth sense it's probably uh the strongest one um and then you know bruce willis helping a young boy and then bruce willis it's actually the younger Bruce Willis, but he dies by um, a gunshot wound. And the reason why why that collapsed the loop is the younger version, the younger uh, the younger version of the self in in Looper, because he killed himself. It then erased the older version, as we saw in Twelve Monkeys. The older version of self dies, and that has no impact on the younger, because the younger would eventually become the older, and the loop just goes on and on and on. So this is how the the loop was collapsed. So if we want to go and and look at this this Bruce Willis line, so beginning with Twelve Monkeys, you know, in this. You know, the, the key, one of the key elements is this, this repeating, this repeating of the storyline, repeating of, of the same thing over and over again. And then through the sixth sense, uh, we learn that, that the Bruce Willis character rep recognizes what he is. And then in the looper, he then stops the cycle. He recognizes, you know, through moving out of a, a selfish type of perspective, he then is able to collapse this, this, this groundhog's day. A loop and then you know it's who knows what what happens in the future but you know the self-sacrificer or, or or at least self uh uh needing to to constantly um be self-absorbed uh with with one's needs and desires is you know the the way one gets out of out of this this 12 monkeys loop so now we're going to go and look at the other, the other um, line in 12 Monkeys because we have these characters. And I'm even going to suggest that these characters, they're all the same. They all recognize, they're all the same person, different versions. And so we've got Bruce Willis right here with, uh, with the Brad Pitt character. We're going to follow this Brad Pitt character line. And... Um, I guess, do I have it here? Let me see if I can find it. Um, all right. So, the Brad Pitt character in 12 Monkeys is portrayed in a personality level, like really, really unstable. Like, you know, just the way he's talking, he doesn't know how to... Um, 
how to communicate with people who aren't having his reality. And to be quite honest, that's why, <laughs> you know, a lot of people get locked up. You know, you go and you look at something like schizophrenia. There's no such, you know, schizophrenia is not a thing. You know, there's no, there's no like test where they take blood and identify a schizophrenia uh, a gene. Schizophrenia is identified by um, like a series of behaviors. And if you have like seven out of 12 of them, then you're, you know, you're said, you're said to have had schizophrenia. And so if you read about them, a lot of them are like, you know, hearing voices or stuff like that. But the truth of the matter is there's all sorts of people who hear voices, but are able to then communicate with the rest of the world in a way that the rest of the world doesn't think they're crazy and they don't get locked up. But what we see with this Brad Pitt character, I don't know if he's, he's necessarily um, identified with, with schizophrenia, but he's the fact that how his personality um, interacts with the rest of the world is so... Um, so alarming or so you know people don't like to be around it that's why it gets locked up but when you listen to what the character's saying you know besides the um you know the the facial tics and like the 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 speed in which he speaks um you know he makes sense you know he makes sense and so the character this brad pitt character in 12 monkeys what his hot button is you know he is very very anti-corporate, anti-consumerism, and then pro-environment. You listen to all of the things he's saying. He sounds nuts in terms of how he speaks, <laughs> but like the actual words that are coming out of his mouth, you know, it's the, he has, he's got a lot of uh, uh, sound logic. And so the, the Brad Pitt character in 12 Monkeys really represents an unstable personality. It's not necessarily an unstable mind person, say as much as it is the way it is presented to this outer world. So I say that is the setup to Fight Club. So this Brad Pitt character, then we move to Fight Club. And so probably most of you are familiar with Fight Club and Fight Club, like the Sixth Sense, they both came out in 1995. And Fight Club, um, also, like the Sixth Sense was, you know, a, a big blockbuster. It's probably become more, um, you know, through time as it became like a cult classic. You know, everyone knows Fight Club. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it was successful, but not quite like the Sixth Sense. But nonetheless, Fight Club is, is, is a movie which, which many people are familiar with. And, um, the, the, uh, um, Let's talk about some of the, the themes within Fight Club. Well, the first thing I want to point out is that, you know, Fight Club takes place in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, got this right here. You know, the film, let's talk about Fight Club right here, takes place in Wilmington, Delaware, where most credit card companies, 70% of Fortune 100 companies are headquartered there. It's also the home of, of the, you know, the, the sitting president. Um, you, it never it, uh, within the film it, it never mentions Wilmington by name, but it mentions many other uh, name or cities in Delaware by name: Newcastle, Delaware City, and Pensgrove, New Jersey. And then there is a a, a screen or a, an image, real quickly within the film, where it it shows the business card of um, the the Brad Pitt character in in Fight Club, uh, Tyler Durden, uh, and it is in Wilmington, Delaware. So there's Wilmington, Delaware. 
So why is that important? Let's go look at this. We've got this is where Wilmington is. This is Philadelphia. This is the set. This is the location of the Sixth Sense. This is the location of Twelve Monkeys. And then we've got Baltimore right here. This is uh, also Twelve Monkeys. This is where I believe the 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 mental hospital was. And they go from here to here, from Baltimore to Philadelphia. Um, and then right in between is where we find Wilmington, Delaware. And so let's keep on going with this. Uh, the Tyler Durden character is, um, he is immensely anti-corporate and anti-consumerism. So he has the same value systems in which we have seen with, um, with, uh, um, within the character we saw in 12 Monkeys. So, and I, I thought this was even, <laughs> I like this. You could go and see like, you know, this is a, a screenshot from, from 12 Monkeys and this was part of the, the advertising campaign for Fight Club. And just like look at the similarities with the thumbs up and like the grin and that sort of stuff. And we could see, you know, uh, here the, the narrator is, is talking about um, how the whole, how society is trapped by consumerism. Here we see Jeffrey Goins. That's the name of this character right here. He's the mental patient and he is, uh, very, he's very interested in the environment and he has very anti-corporate views. Now, you can go and argue like the way that the Tyler Durden character is presented within Fight Club that his personality is still considered very unstable, but in comparison of this character, it is much more stable. This character knows how to interact with people. He knows how to go and, and, and not just by, he did not have the facial tics and, you know, was arguably kind of charming. And if anything else, you know, we see within the film that, that, um, we see within the film that he is, uh, he is, has enough of a personality that he garners a leadership role. People follow him. They want to be like him. They listen to what he says, but you know, no one's really listening to him right here. Uh, I think I skipped over this piece right here, which is kind of interesting. So Penns Grove, New Jersey was listed in Fight Club. And if you go and you look at the history of Bruce Willis, well, Bruce Willis attended um, Penns Grove High School and he grew up in Carney's Point, New Jersey. And that is, do I have got a picture of that? Yeah, right here. This is Penns Grove. This is Wilmington. So this is where Bruce Willis you know, is said to have grown up. So we've, we're, we're just like, you know, the, the, the spilling over from like realities and all of the, and places and all this different stuff, you know, it's, it just like adds up and it's adding up and it's adding up. Um, so let us return to Fight Club, different versions of self. So that's kind of like the big reveal in Fight Club. So what we find out in The Sixth Sense is that uh, Bruce Willis turns out to be, um, you know, dead. You know, that's a big surprise. And then you find out that uh, the two main characters in in um, Fight Club, one played by Brad Pitt, the other played by Ed Norton, they are, in fact, the same person. Um, whereas uh, the, the Tyler Durden, the Brad Pitt character, is this... Uh, um, 
you know, the who this Edward Norton character becomes when he blacks out, that, you know, they're, they're the same person. So we're dealing with this. This is one of the themes which we're, we're seeing. We're seeing the same person. That's why I said, you know, these guys are the same person, that Cole Sears and James Sears are the, or James Cole are the same person, where I'm like, well, Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt are the same person, where we see this is the same person, whether we want to look at this as metaphysically or, 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 or metaphorically, you know, it's 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 the same. We're seeing the same, the same version of person uh, expressed in different ways. So different versions of self. We have that personality stabilizes. We talked about that. Um, death by shooting. Death by shooting. Uh, there is. It's you know. Again, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to try to go in and. and analyze these films particularly in a um like a, a, a what you see is what you get sort of way but it's kind of confusing in in fight club and what i mean by confusing it can be interpreted in many different ways but we know that the the tyler durden the brad pitt character and the edward norton character um, though they are presented in the film as two different characters they are in fact the same character um the Tyler Durden, it shows like Brad Pitt putting a gun in the mouth of Ed Norton, which, you know, would kind of imply that he's putting it in his own mouth. But we're seeing the same thing and he shoots him. It's not how he dies, but but there's a, a, a shooting. I, I think he dies at the end, uh, but I thought it was like within the collapse of the buildings. You know, I told you I haven't seen these films for a while. But nonetheless, like, you know, there is definitely that that gun in the mouth scene. Um talked about this let's go see right here uh and obviously fighting fighting is a big part of this film too as you know it's called fight club if you're familiar with it um let's see if we covered all this wilmington to delaware anti-corporate different versions of self death by stable or um uh, death by shooting personality stabilizing we talked about that this is also another little um a uh, nice little parallel that we see between 12 Monkeys and Fight Club. Uh, this is the final scene, um, or one of the final scenes within uh, 12 Monkeys. Bruce Willis, the Bruce Willis character attempts to stop a scientist from boarding a plane and he wants to shoot him because the scientist is going to go around and he's going to spread this, this virus. Um, but the scientist doesn't get shot and he, he goes onto the plane. And so here we see, uh, this is a screenshot of the scientist right here and he's sitting on a plane and he's having a conversation. And this character right here turns out to be one of the, one of the people who send Bruce Willis back in time. And we can see that they're connected. Um, and in the very beginning of Fight Club, we have this scene where Tyler Durden meets Ed Norton, where these two different sides of self meet each other. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's this, there's a, there's a parallel there. We can see in many different ways these different sort of similarities. But now let's move on to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And so this is a more contemporary film. This film came out in 2019. Um, it's a... It's a Quentin Tarantino film, and it stars Brad Pitt. So we're following this Brad Pitt uh, 
storyline across these different films. And so let's go look at the themes. Um, so Brad Pitt in the movie business. So Brad Pitt in the film Once Upon a Time in uh, in in Hollywood plays he plays a stunt double to um, the Leonardo DiCaprio characters. So we know that Brad Pitt is in the movie business, and we also know that. Um, we also know that the, the Brad Pitt character is, called, is named Cliff Booth, that he lives in a trailer behind a drive-in, a drive-in movie theater. And um, we also know, this is from the script of, of Fight Club, we know that Tyler Durden has, uh, he had one part-time job, and that was as a projectionist. He was the guy who would change the reels of film. So we see that Brad Pitt, again, we're looking at this continuity. We see that the Brad Pitt is involved with films. And again, you know, the movie business is, is you know, whether mystically or whether metaphorically, you know, is a big part of creating the ARG, which we think of as reality. But nonetheless, we see that Brad Pitt, the Brad Pitt is always in the movie business. And we see, again, that it is about two people or two different versions of the same of the same um, person. Now, this is in Once Upon a Time Hollywood. It is very metaphorical because it is Brad Pitt as the stunt double of um, Leonardo DiCaprio. And obviously, like you know, as the stunt double, they're playing the same character. These are two different actors, if you will, to, uh, who are playing the same different part, but in different ways. And this is very much mirrored with the Tyler Durden and the Edward Norton character, um, the Edward Norton character as being the, uh, um, being the same, being the same person. Now, uh, we can see there is a, a, um, greater stabilization within the personality of um, the Brad Pitt character. So like Brad Pitt is totally unstable right here. And then Brad Pitt becomes more stable, but he's still kind of nuts. And then you got Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time Hollywood. Like he's, uh, he is presented in this film as like maybe to everyone else is being difficult, difficult to work with. It's because he just does things his own way. He doesn't take shit from anyone. He is, you know, from the, the world where we want to have a personality where we, where we, uh, uh, are easy to work with and we get along with everyone. The Brad Pitt character is not that, but he is by no means the, the, um, the, the, whether anarchist or, or, or just troublemaker, which we see in these, in these other films. So we see this, 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 um, changing of the personality, how we see, you know, this line of Bruce Willis, how he goes down, learns who he uh, is, and then he collapses the, um, the feedback loop of repeating the same thing over and over again, we're seeing kind of paralleled within the Brad Pitt character of going, which was once like totally friggin' nuts to like, uh, no, being able to interact with people all around him, yet still being true to himself, you know, being like, you know, his own person. So, all right, where are we going to go? So super fighter. So that's another, um, 
that is another continuity within um, the Brad Pitt character, how we know that it's all related. So we see in Fight Club that Brad Pitt is, um, is uh, an excellent fighter. Um, and then we see that again in, um, in Once Upon a Time Hollywood. We see that in three different places. So it begins by showing Brad Pitt beating up uh, beating up um, Bruce Lee. So the the film Once Upon a Time Hollywood is a mixture of fiction and and real history, or at least the history we're told us. And so this this is portrayed within the film as actually Bruce Lee, like when he was um, Cato Cato in um, the uh, um, Batman in the Batman TV show in the in the 60s and here this is supposed to be offset and we see that the Brad Pitt character beats him up and then we see the Brad Pitt character beating up a guy at the um, Manson family uh, the Manson ranch at the Spawn ranch um, where the Manson family lived and this was part of the film and then the conclusion of the film which is um, Brad Pitt then actually meets the Manson family and stops them from um, committing the crimes against Sharon Tate. Uh, this is, this is a, a shot from, or a, a screenshot from this, from that particular fight scene. So we see over and over again that the Brad Pitt character, you know, he's still kind of, you know, quote unquote nuts, but he's like much more grounded in what and whom he is. And he's still this, you know, badass fighter. You know, he can beat up Bruce Lee. He can beat up the folks at the Spawn Ranch. He, you know, he beats up all the Manson guys. Also want to point out that um, Bruce Willis, he made a career comeback by being cast in another Quentin Tarantino film. This was like, you know, Tarantino you know, his really big breakout film, Pulp Fiction, but Bruce Willis plays a fighter in that film. And, you know, we got, we have Brad Pitt here as a fighter, but, you know, arguably fighting's in all of Quentin Tarantino's film. But nonetheless, I want to point that out. Um, so <clears throat> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a film ultimately about the changing of historical timelines. And this can be seen very much parallel to what we saw in Looper, because the character in Looper, um, by shooting himself, by stopping the, the continuous loop, he affected um, the outcome. You know, we don't know in the film, but it's implied that there is at least the potential for the outcome to be different of who this Rainmaker character is. And the 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 conclusion of this time once upon a time hollywood is that that the brad pitt character is able on the night in which the the manson family was going to break into roman polanski's house whom the brad pitt and leonardo dicaprio character character were, were living next door, um, they stopped it from happening. So because they stopped that from happening, there's again, there's an implied, um, there's an implied change in the timeline because, you know, that didn't happen. We don't know if it's a good thing. We don't know if it's a bad thing, but we know that there's a change. So we see that the Brad Pitt, um, the Brad Pitt character is tied into 
changing of timelines. That's what all of this is about. We're talking about like changing of timelines by both, um, you know, collapsing the loop and then also at the same time, like stabilizing, like all of this, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to just say stabilizing the personality. It's more than that. But I'm just going to say that for, you know, just where I am in the, in this presentation. So the last piece in which I want to talk about um, Once Upon a Hollywood has to do with the Dalton Gang and John Wilkes Booth. And this is this is really good stuff. Where are we right here? All right. Um, not certain why I put this slide here. Oh, this was. <laughs> I do want to point this out. So this is when, when like, you know, the, the scene of the, the, this is talking about the, the film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It takes place in 1969. And the 69 is a, a, a numerical reverse of 96, which is when we have the beginning of, um, which is the 12 monkeys, which is 96. So we've got all this kind of like, you know, um, hidden in the back, uh, synchromistic connection. So, this is what I want to talk about. So we've got this one scene where Brad Pitt goes to um, the Spawn Ranch, which, you know, as we're told through history, where the Manson family lived. And the Brad Pitt character was like, hey, you know, the, 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 event of the, the events of the film brought him to the Spawn Ranch and he sees the Manson family are living there and he's like, hey, I used to work here. I used to do stunts here. Let me go make certain you guys aren't taking advantage of, of, of George Spawn. And so he goes and he finds George Spawn and he has this one scene where he sits with George Spawn. He's like, hey, George, you know, I just want to make certain everything's okay. And so this is the, this is the script from that one part. So um, George Spawn, this character here, says, who are you? Talking to Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, as we see, is Cliff Booth. Uh, Leonardo is Rick Dalton, is the, is the character. So he's like, um, uh, Spawn's like, who are you? Cliff Booth says, it's Cliff Booth. I just wanted to stop by and say hello, see how you're doing. Spawn says, John Wilkes Booth. He's like, no, Cliff Booth. And then he says, who's that? I used to shoot Bounty Law here, George. So Bounty Law was like a TV show, which in the film they used to, um, he was a stuntman on that film. And he was the stuntman. This is where he first met the, uh, um, the Leonardo DiCaprio character, who is Rick Dalton. He's like, I used to shoot Bounty Law here, George. I was Rick Dalton's stunt double. Rick Dalton is Leonardo DiCaprio, who in the film lives next door to um, Roman Polanski, and it was Roman Polanski's wife who was um, who was murdered in uh, the, the 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 Grizzly Manson murders. Or, you know, that's that's the history which we're given, um, and so then. George Spawn says again, uh, Rick, who? And so the answer is Rick Dalton. And his response is the Dalton brothers. So we're given here in the script, we're given two, um, two synchronous, uh, resonators, if you will, with, with Cliff Booth and Rick Dalton, one being John Wilkes Booth and the other being the Dalton boys. Um, so we're, let's start with this one right here. So uh, 
I don't want to get into like the whole thing, like who is John Wilkes Booth? Everyone knows who John Wilkes Booth is. Uh, the one thing which we can say for certain is that the history which has been given to us has been given to us. So everything which you know should be in question. <laughs> and that there's probably other versions of that story. But nonetheless, we know the John Wilkes Booth story. And, and I want to just point out this one, this one line where it's talking about John Wilkes Booth. Booth was not the only person to object to Lincoln's actions. He was, however, the one who dared to act on his beliefs. So that is what we're seeing with this Cliff Booth character is what's being implied. You know, this is a man who, who walks to his own, um, to his beliefs, regardless of what those beliefs are. You know, he has integrity where his actions are at least in alignment with his, his belief, his belief system. So we know that about John's will. John Wilkes Booth. If we want to go and look a little bit deeper at John Wilkes Booth, you know, where was he born? He was born in Bel Air, Maryland. So we can go and look on this map right here. Well, where's, where's Bel Air, Maryland? Well, this is Wilmington. This is Philadelphia. This is Baltimore. And this is where we find the town of Bel Air, Maryland. Now, if you're familiar with the Susquehanna mystery, this is Aberdeen Proving Grounds. This is the Chesapeake Bay where, you know, <laughs> All roads lead back to the Susquehanna. But we've got that going on right there. And if we want to go um, one step uh, one step deeper, do I have this here? Where do I have this? Um, so we've got John Wilkes Booth tied to Bel Air, Maryland right here. And just to make things a little bit even more, you know, lined up uh, back in... Fight Club, the the other version of Brad Pitt was played by actor Ed Norton. And if you go and you look at like, you know, Ed Norton's history, um, we see that Ed Norton is uh, the great, his great grandfather is Willard Goldsmith Rouse. And where is Willard Goldsmith Rouse from? He is from Bel Air, Maryland. So again, we've got... <laughs> it's all in this. This is where the Susquehanna comes in and meets the Chesapeake. And then this is where the Delaware comes in and becomes the, De the Delaware Bay. And there's this like this area right here. There's so much going on right here. But I uh, just want to point that out. So we've got that. Um, but the second point, let's go back to what I was talking about. So the second, the second uh, resonator with these names, which is given to us through this, through this, through this um, script here, is that of the Dalton brothers. And so, who are the Dalton brothers? The Dalton brothers made up something which was known as the Dalton Gang, and so it was a group of outlaws in the American Old West. In this. Uh, 1890-92. They were known as the Dalton Brothers. They were um, they were known for their train robberies. They also have a um, they have a link to um, the Jesse James gang. They all were like kind of in the same place. In fact, they were related uh, through um, a the younger the younger family um, the younger family line. And so we see these folks are. Um, they are quite literally, they are an organized crime family. You know, it's a family. It's they're literally families and they are a grouping and um, they are in 
Kansas. They live in Kansas City. And, you know, one of them is another coal. We got coal in here. We've got the, we've got the uh, Dalton brothers right here. And so the reason why this is particularly interesting is if you recall when I was talking about Looper, Looper takes place in Kansas and it has to do with the, um, uh, it has to do with a Kansas City crime syndicate. So Joe worked for a Kansas City crime syndicate. So now we see uh, in this film, they are, they're getting, um, they are linking right here, Rick Dalton. And remember, Rick Dalton and Charles and, and, and Cliff Booth, they represent the same person because they, you know, Cliff Booth is the stuntman, if you will, of Rick Dalton. And now we have this resonator with Rick Dalton, uh, with the Dalton brothers, and the Dalton brothers are an actual crime family, you know, tied into Kansas, which is where we go, um, which is where uh, our Looper story takes place. And just to go and make it... Um, to make it even more interesting, uh, the the Dalton brothers um, they came to the, the the their their demise came to I thought I had pictures of I thought I had other pictures but I can't find them their demise came um, during a double bank robbery in Coffeysville, Kansas. We could also see like the family began in um, in Kansas City. Uh, in Kansas City. And what we have right here is, this is Coffeyville, Kansas right here. Kansas City is a little bit up right here. You can't see it in this picture. But if you go and you look at Brad Pitt's, um, you know, where was he born and raised? He was born and raised in, uh, he was born in, in Oklahoma, uh, right down around here, but then he was raised in Springfield, Missouri. So like all in this Dalton family, um, Dalton organized crime family. Uh, in the same spacing of all of that. So, okay, what it, what is all of this about? Um, we can see through this link of the or of of everything I put out, but but most most strongly grounded in this Kansas City. Um, this Dalton Brothers and Kansas City crime fact, uh, crime syndicate of of loopers, is that Cliff Booth is the rainmaker. Okay, so let's go into what and whom the rainmaker is, because the rainmaker is what Looper was all about. Like Looper told the story of Young Joe, but its implication is the rainmaker. So who is the rainmaker? Let's go into this. This also is from the script. Um, uh, old Joe, have you heard of the Rainmaker? The young Joe. Um, uh, Seth said that the other night. The new boss is from the future. And so he says, the Rainmaker came out of nowhere and in the span of six months took total control of the five major syndicates. Um, there are no pictures of him. It's insane. There's stories of him. He has a synthetic jaw, things like that. But word spread quickly. Um, spread quick about him through the ex-looper grapevine and even before his mass executions and vagrant purges and reign of terror because the first thing he did was start closing the loops. All of them exterminating the whole programming, cleaning house, which is more or less what we see Cliff Booth doing. He's cleaning house. And so 
what what we know from this film is here's the here's the kid who grows up to be the rainmaker uh, and the rainmaker is shown to have immense telekinetic powers like this was his sixth sense and that's why he got so that's why he came out of nowhere why he was be able to be so powerful is because he had these abilities and so what we see happen within looper is this little kid who um on the timeline which this occurs where he comes out and he starts killing everyone um, it's because the rainmaker as a boy saw his mother shot and killed in front of him and the young joe same did not have a mother when he was growing up and he knew that storyline and so what he did was by shooting himself the young joe the young bruce willis character the 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 um, gordon levitt character he stopped bruce willis from shooting the mother which then this young boy would have seen and then he would have grown up just like young joe but because the 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 gordon levitt character shot himself the the bruce willis character then dematerializes right before he was going to shoot the mother and then this rainmaker never goes down that path he is raised with a mother certainly had you know we don't know what he's going to become but we do know that that one particular experience does not happen so what we see within this entire film and the reason why the reason why i'm telling you this like you know why am i going through all of this like why am i why why did i put the effort into telling this story and and, and and pulling up all of these parts is because we're finding ourselves right now like in 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 like shared experience realities like you know we're in a weird spot we don't know what's happening we're beginning to see we're beginning to 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 clearly see what's real what's not real we're beginning to see changes within individuals and you know i would say for myself i would say for anyone who this material resonates with you are going to be faced we are being faced with some very very important existential experiential questions which is what are you gonna do you know we are becoming aware of this loop we don't want to see this loop repeated over and over and over again you know that is the bruce willis storyline and so we see what and whom we are and then how is it that we decide to close that loop because in all of these films it's it's you know <laughs> this is true for all dream interpretation which is more or less what we're doing here is like you are each character in your dream is you you know as we're looking at this this is each of these characters are us and so we're the rainmaker we are we are we are we are the the good guy and the bad guy we are bruce willis we are brad pitt we're all of these we're all of these same different characters and so what we can see in this film what is what is being offered to us what you know what what message is being offered to us is that through the recognition of the loops of the repeating of the cycles and recognizing whom and what we are you know and again that's you answer that mystically you answer that metaphorically you answer that metaphysically any way you want but by recognizing who you are and then and then stepping out of this like you know this self-absorption that's what we see in 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 um in looper so the self-absorption is like you know believing what you you know uh uh not not who you are 
you know, believing the story of, of who you think you are. I mean, that's the whole thing with these false realities of the personality of, you know, we have, we have all look, created personality. That's, you know, part of the human experience. We create personality based upon our, our earliest childhood experiences. And we learn to create personas in, to, you know, survive in the world, if you will. And then we identify with the personality. And then we believe we are the personality. And when you want to go into like, you know, the whole idea of ego death, you know, there's a lot of different ways in terms of taking it. But ultimately what the ego death story is about is recognizing you aren't your personality and recognizing how your personality has been created. And yes, it served you, but then eventually it becomes your master. And then it just repeats itself, repeats itself, repeats itself. So there's this part of the storyline is recognizing how we were born into a system and recognizing who we were in that system and recognizing the system for what it is and then allowing it to collapse, particularly not just the system, but then also who we are in the system. And by doing so, you know, this rainmaker, it has a new potentiality. It has a new potentiality. You know, what we, what I described right there was, you know, this particular line. But then at the other line is this line also is because at the same time, being part of, you know, it is not a good, it is not a good indication of mental health to be well adjusted to a sick society. And that's what this whole Brad Pitt character is, is like, you know, being very, ill uh, uh ill fitted to society and being less ill fitted to society and then being true to oneself and then still being able to fit into society and so when we tie these two different storylines together and we realize it's all the same we realize that cliff booth is the rainmaker and is bruce willis and it's all this link that this is what it's pointing to at this moment in time this moment in time of like we don't know what the future holds but are we going to repeat it or do we allow it to collapse and we've seen collapses on the on the on the the um the fight club aspect like you know collapsing of society itself but then also that of a, of of us as individuals you know the collapse of that to then be able to step into you know whatever the rainmaker may be <laughs> I don't think, you know, that story hasn't been written yet. And so I guess that's how I want to go and wrap up this, this, uh, this one particular episode of, of our synchromistic movie storytelling. Um, there's a lot of interpretations, you know, you could go and add in, we could spend the rest of our lives here just adding in more and more Bruce Willis and, and, and Brad Pitt stories, particularly ones that go and, um, and, and dovetail into the one which I've just laid out right here. Uh, you know, the end of the day is, you know, we're waking up from the dream and we're all waking up from it right now. Uh, so this is the conclusion. This is, this is Uncle Mike. I'm happy to be back. I hope that everyone's well. I look forward to reading your comments and, um, I look forward to discovering what it is that we are going to, um, this, this, this new storyline, which, you know, we're going to be stepping into. So until next time, enjoy the ride.